New jingle, new voices. Welcome to this special guest season of Retrain Your Brain with me, chartered psychologist Dr. Audrey Tang. In this season, I am privileged to speak to so many well-being guest experts to learn all about their field and to give you loads of practical tips and tools to live your best life. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about the benefits of volunteering and the amazing things that we're doing in the community. And I am delighted now to welcome back into the Wellbeing Lounge, Louise Bates from the Alzheimer's Society, and she works specifically for the Dementia Friends Element. It's been so great to learn from her before, and I'm so grateful she's here to talk about volunteering. So welcome to the lounge, Louise. Hi, Audrey. Thanks very much for having me. Well, thanks for being on here again. Now, I'd love to know, what do the volunteers with the Alzheimer's Society do? What do they get involved in? What do volunteers not do is probably a better question. So Alzheimer's Society was founded by volunteers 40 years ago, and we are now a, a, a national charity supporting people uh, affected by and living with dementia. And our volunteers get involved in all aspects of our work, from uh, getting involved in campaigning locally for change, writing to MPs. They might be uh, joining us to share their or volunteering with us to share their lived experience, to raise awareness. They might be out in the community delivering awareness raising activities or delivering community learning. They might be involved in support services, so working with our frontline services or supporting to deliver groups and activities such as memory cafes for people affected by dementia. They might get involved in fundraising, in the running of our large scale fundraising events like our big sponsored walks. So and much, much more. So there are lots of ways to get for them to get involved and support uh, our organisation's work. I think this is really helpful for everybody, because when I think about volunteering, I either think about fundraising or I think about uh, giving up my time, say, one day a week to do something. But what you're saying is it's so much more varied than that. And we can almost get involved in our own capacity in a time frame to suit us in a way that suits us. Yes. And this is part of ensuring that you're selecting a volunteer role that fits around your time commitments some volunteer roles will require more consistency and more time so if you're working particularly with service users for example you might be paired in a mentoring scheme or a befriending scheme or something to that effect that's going to require consistency and dedicating that time regularly whereas if it's activities such as fundraising or getting involved in supporting events being run by an organization they're more more ad hoc they are it's what we refer to as episodic volunteering so it comes in little episodes and people can dip in and out or they can do a little bit of volunteering as and when suits them so it might be actually they just support two events in a year but they give a whole day of their time to support that event and then they might not do anything for a little while afterwards yes. until they then have availability again and if it's something like an event you can plan it into your diary so because you know the specific date it's going to be happening on so there are lots of different ways to get involved in volunteering and um, um, th this is specifically talking about formal volunteering with an organization as opposed to informal community volunteering. 
Right. So, for example, if we think about you might be a parent and you might have a child at school and you might volunteer to take on the organisation of your summer school fate. That is still volunteering, but it's in a less formal context. Yes. Oh, my goodness. This is just giving me so much to think about. So let's go to some of your formal volunteering. And maybe I'm thinking I want to become a mentor. I think I'm quite good with people. But I'm really worried because obviously I'm meeting service users. I don't necessarily know what I'm going to do. Is there training for that formal element? Yes. So for a formal volunteering role with an organisation, a volunteer should be provided with all of the necessary training to complete their role. Now, this isn't necessarily just on how to do their role in terms of the activity that they'll be carrying out, but they'll need to be trained on relevant organisational policies and procedures as well. So, for example, if we're working with vulnerable adults, volunteers might need to, would be need to be trained in how to recognise and report a safeguarding concern or how to appropriately manage confidential data. So all of these additional elements that any staff member would be expected to adhere to would also be provided as training for volunteers. Now, different volunteer roles are going to have different training requirements. So it very much depends on the role and who the volunteer will be working with or supporting. Uh, having a formal training procedure will apply to formal volunteering as opposed to you wouldn't necessarily have a training program to, as, as we use the example of the school fate, you might, might not necessarily have a training program on how to organise your local school fate. Some training might now be undertaken as e-learning. Some might be done as being provided with a volunteer handbook that the volunteer then can complete in their own time. Or it might be attending training days or webinars. There are lots of ways that organisations can deliver that training now. And it tends to be, depending on the volunteer role, it could either be, say, two days back to back of training or it could be broken down into training components. So it could be kind of an hour's webinar here and an hour's webinar there. But it's going to depend on the role itself. Yeah, that, that's brilliant. And as volunteer coordinator, are there people who can't volunteer? I mean, is there anything that might prevent me from volunteering or someone from volunteering? So in formal volunteering, we do need to assess a person's suitability for a particular role because not everyone is going to be suited, best suited to every volunteering opportunity. Yes. Or we might have to assess someone's suitability against them working with a specific demographic. So, for example, a charity working with younger people would likely disqualify someone who has a history of child related crime. Yes. Having said that, there are then organisations who specialise in reformation through volunteering following criminal conviction. So, again, it might be for some individuals who may be prevented from volunteering in one capacity, actually, there is a specific organisation that can facilitate those volunteering opportunities. Wow. We also need to assess whether we feel someone has the appropriate skill sets or temperament for a role. For example, if I'm recruiting a volunteer that delivers talks out in the community, if throughout the training day someone has consistently used really negative language or terminology in relation to the demographic they'd be supporting, yeah. I might opt not to take that person forward in that volunteering role because they haven't demonstrated the right temperament needed yes. for that volunteering role. But that's not to say there aren't other ways they can support the organisation. It's just that might not be the right fit for them. Yes, it's about being adaptable, flexible, but also knowing one's own limitations or boundaries and so on. Yes, but that's not to discredit skill building, because if somebody, yes. if somebody, let's say it's a 
role delivering information sessions out in the community. If I have someone who demonstrates they're actually quite nervous about public speaking, that won't stop me from taking that person on because that's a skill that can be taught and built. And part of volunteering is about building and personal development. Of course, yes. So if we're providing the training and support that's required to, so that individual can then overcome that barrier yes then that's not going to be a deterrent from them volunteering I I like this because in a way when you think about how much you get back from volunteering it's not just the altruism and the feeling good which of course you're going to get but actually you really will skills build as well especially with organizations such as Alzheimer's Society where you really look after your volunteers yeah and there are lots of reasons as to why people choose to volunteer and actually particularly for um, organizations like ours and we work with a quite a sensitive subject area Mm. in dementia sometimes there might be occasions where I might actually decline a volunteer on the basis that they have recently perhaps lost someone to dementia And maybe they are coming to the volunteering opportunity too soon. So they haven't had opportunity to process their own feelings and their grief and their emotions yet. And I think sometimes people can, we always have to be very mindful of the well-being of a volunteer. Yes. In that sometimes maybe exposing themselves to the volunteering straight away might not be the most supportive thing for that individual at that time. That's not to say that actually they wouldn't be a fantastic volunteer in this role in 12 months time. Of course. But we always have to assess the individual on a case by case basis. And lots of people volunteer for lots of different reasons. As you said, it might be that they just want that feel good factor. It might be that they're looking to build specific skill sets. It might be that they're looking to get insight into a particular area of work because they might be considering that as a as an area for their career. Of course. It could be that someone has has had a change in their own personal circumstances. And they now have time available and they want to give that back to a cause that they connect with or that they have a connection with. Or it might be that someone in some cases has had a negative change in life circumstances Mm -hmm. and is looking for a way to re-engage with the wider world Mm -hmm. and build their self-esteem and confidence again. This is fantastic. Now, if I wanted to volunteer, but I'm not sure what I could do or what options I've got or even how much time I can commit, can I still come and speak to somebody in your charity, for example? Yes. So we have a a volunteering team within Alzheimer's Society who are specifically dedicated to supporting people in finding the right volunteering opportunity for them and then ensuring that they are supporting staff across the organisation in volunteer management best practice to ensure that volunteers have the best journey and experience with us. So there's always people to talk to. I'd really recommend if you're not sure about the commitments, ask to see the volunteer role profile. And what that is, is a is a one page description of what the role is, what's expected in that role, usually what training will be provided, and it will give an approximation of the estimated time that would be expected to commit to that role. That's brilliant. That's so helpful. And again, all of this is stuff that I think we don't realise the information is actually out there. So just as a personal question, do you yourself have a preference for volunteering in person, your time committing that that day? Or do you 
have a preference for fundraising or do you know what I'm a mix and match I am a mix and match because the reality is when it comes to fundraising these volunteering programs wouldn't run without the funding our work wouldn't happen without the funding um the services we provide to communities wouldn't happen without the funding so fundraising is absolutely crucial and you can have a lot of fun fundraising I I spent a week walking around dressed as an elf to raise money yes you know if you are someone who enjoys the outdoors you can go on a sponsored walk you can do all kinds of things to raise money and sometimes it's actually about facilitating other people to raise money and that can be just being a representative for a charity in your community where you can go and you can talk to schools to local businesses and you can approach them about explaining a little bit about the issue how they can get involved and what they can do to play their parts in financially supporting organisations that then deliver services for certain sectors of the community. But there's nothing to stop you doing that and doing some, some episodic volunteering, whether that's you know going to volunteer at your local memory walk and just giving a day of your time to steward at an event or whether that is becoming a companion call volunteer and then being matched with somebody that you then have a regular weekly call with to alleviate social uh, social isolation and just be a listening ear there are so many ways that you can get involved and they don't necessarily need to take a huge portion of your time yeah. i would always say with any particularly with formal volunteering opportunities the investment is always the time investment generally is always upfront in terms of the time taken to go through the training process but then once you're in it it doesn't necessarily have to take over or encroach upon you know your the time that you allocate to work or the time you allocate to family yeah that's that's great so how can we find out more and perhaps explore some of the volunteering opportunities with the Alzheimer's Society all of our volunteering opportunities are listed on our website and through our, our website, you can uh, put forward an expression of interest in volunteering and a member of our team will get back to you. If you are interested in delivering Dementia Friends information sessions to educate communities about dementia and raise awareness in your community, then you can go to the Dementia Friends website, which is dementiafriends.org.uk. And I strongly encourage everyone to do at least one piece of volunteering a year. I promise you will feel so much better for doing it. You will meet some new people. You might learn something new. And finally, I think we've all really learned over the last two years how much community matters. And in doing so, you can support your local community. Thank you so much, Louise. As always, it's such a pleasure to chat with you. You are so informative. You're so helpful. And please do come on the show again. I'd be delighted to. And that's all we have time for. But if you'd like to find out more, do go to my website, which is www.draudreyt.com and check out my articles, which give you practical tools to live your best life. Or you can go to my YouTube channel, which is Dr. Audrey Tang, Tools to Thrive.